1: L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.
2: Well, hello there and you join us here today to talk about not the worst watch ever made, not the middling watch, but the best watch ever made. If you're looking for a watch, whether it's the best or the worst or in the middle, you will find it at watchfinder.com. Uh, the ongoing feud between Tom and myself rumbles on um, we, we've we joined separate gangs, and at this point, uh, blood has been shed. Um, to mop some of that up, we brought in a special guest. It's the Mad Watch Collector himself. Russell, how are you doing?
3: Well, hey. Hello. hello. It's an absolute honour to be an, in a watch finder sandwich once again,
2: boys. Yeah, <laughs> and this time with faces. This time with yeah. faces,
3: unfort- unfortunately
2: for everyone <laughs> out there, yeah. If you're not familiar <laughs> with the Mad Watch Collector... Links are all in the description below. I do urge you to go and click them to keep Russell happy. Because when he's mad, <laughs> he gets really mad. Um, today, boys, we're going to talk about the best watch ever made. But first of all, I want to kind of understand a little bit better what the word best means. I don't have the dictionary definition to hand, so let's let's reinvent the word as we understand it. Tom, to you, best, what does it mean? Uh, the best. Popular? Most popular?
4: <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, it's going to be a triple triangle of spec, affordability, and status.
2: (laughs) Tom's gone straight in there with three. He went straight in with the mighty triangle. Russell, do you reckon that's all we need to categorize the best watch in the world? What was it, Tom? Spec, value, and street cred? Yeah, that's the ones. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think that's, I think that's good. Obviously, if it's, if it's very popular, then it's one of the best and uh, possibly um, iconic. So maybe the the first at something. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe the first, maybe the first at what spawned yeah. everything else off. Possibly.
2: Yeah, I wonder as well. Should we like chuck quality in there or? like complication (laughs) no is that because none of us can afford any of those
3: things (laughs) absolutely i think complication is very very could be could be a big one as well obviously you know it's all subjective Mm -hmm. as well isn't it because what i might find is fantastic to me and perfect to me is different for you guys um which is amazing what the world go why the world goes round as
2: it does are you sure? Mm. I'm pretty certain I'm the main character in this universe, so what I think is the best is objectively the best.
3: <laughs> that might be true, actually. I
2: think quality is a weird
4: one because I think as soon as you start to get up there in those other things that I just mentioned, the quality is a much of a muchness. There's not much really be- between the top brands, is there, do you think?
2: Well, yeah, you have to spend an awful lot of money to get marginal increments in return. But still, you know, if you're Mm. going to spend half a million pounds on a Grubel Fawzi and they sit there slaving away, polishing every little nubbin and angle uh, to their little heart's content, (laughs) does that make it better? Yeah. Does that make it better? Does that make it better than a Tudor?
4: (laughs) Uh, Could do. (laughs) Couldn't (laughs) it? But But then I will ask you about
2: the value and we'll see where it how it shakes out there well indeed and on that basis uh, I'm going to chuck in a suggestion for us to rumble around as potentially being the best Russell you're a, a fan of a Seiko affordable do love a Seiko sexy absolutely affordable um, the Seiko SKX long may it rest in peace the original <laughs> some might classify that as potentially the the best watch ever made um, how would you feel about that pitch
3: Cool, that's a, that's a good one. It's certainly a watch that started a lot of us in the hobby, that's for sure. I think back in 96 when it came out first, um, there wasn't many watches like it. ISO certified dive watch for around £100, £120 back then. And um, it didn't really go up too much until it was discontinued. But um, it's an amazing value for, like Tom's saying about value um value for money with that watch is quite big um it's a very iconic watch to us in the enthusiast game um it adds its flaws so it was a 7s26 movement inside so there was no hacking or hand winding with the movement so oh. is quite oh, i know it's just ridiculous disgraceful um uh, uh, and a three hertz movement obviously it's a ticking away at twenty one thousand six hundred 600 beats per hour um so it definitely had its had its slight flaws but um uh it's a watch that i hold dear to my heart as one of my favorite watches of all time whether it's the best ever um it's definitely best ever in its class but whether it's the best all-time watch is up for debate what do you reckon tom
4: Yeah, it is a it's a wonderful watch, and I love it's. It's got a certain amount of character to it, hasn't it? It's. I would liken it to something like a Mini Cooper, like the original Mini Coopers or something. You know, it's got a very. Did Mr Bean have one? Or if Arnie drove one instead of Mr Bean, it's sort of like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, that, I mean, it makes it infinitely cooler. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's got sort of that like almost cult following, hasn't it? And it's just um, it's just carved out its little corner of the the market there. And 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 you know, it's hard to dislike it, isn't it? It's hard to discredit it.
3: Yeah, I, I think there's a reason why. Obviously, we were all devastated when uh, the SKX was discontinued by Seiko. But there was a reason why uh, Seiko as a brand brought it back and made it the poster boy of the new seiko 5 sports watch because it is such an iconic case um and um it, some might say i was very devastated i was heartbroken i was almost in tears when the you're discontinuous- still wearing black to this day <laughs> I'm, i s i know exactly where i was when it was discontinued i know exactly the time of <laughs> day where i was yeah, um, everyone but, uh- remembers that don't they <laughs> Um, but listen so um, they brought it back a slightly inferior you know it's a dive style watch now but Mm. it just shows you that 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 case they do appreciate that case Seiko and um, what it means to them as a company it is quite an important watch for um, Seiko still
2: a lot of history as well tracing back to the dive watches of the 1960s um, which were very popular with people who actually needed a dive watch for military purposes because they could afford it and it wasn't absolute crap (laughs) So potentially, yeah, not the most expensive, not the best in terms of spec and functionality, but so broadly accepted and uh, such a tipping point for so many collectors that, you know, sometimes you want to go back to the one that got you all started. But let's move on to something slightly more expensive and one that's been getting a bit more expensive as the years have gone by. used to be a real value proposition, but it has a very unique piece of history. This is the Omega Speedmaster comes with a beautiful hand winding movement which you can see if you pay a little bit more um, very nice design one of the first chronographs if not the first chronograph to have that larger chunkier sporty chronograph style at which many other chronographs copied oh um another little detail about it and maker doesn't mention it that much but it might have been to the moon Russell, you've got some thoughts on the moon, haven't you?
3: Yeah. Well, I I think Omega should um, or Omega should shout about it a bit more because I don't think they talk about it too much about um, no. their moon endeavours. Do you? I just, you know, I think they should probably bring out was bring out some sort of commemorative <laughs> plastic yeah. version um, and really have a good go at it. You know? Oh, oh, yeah. hang on, bio ceramic. <laughs> um, uh, I think uh, I think the. Uh, a very special watch um the one thing that i really do love is the fact that uh, omega appreciates their history one thing you can't you can't really see it with rolex they're always looking forwards 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 with omega they're embracing what it was that made them special and um they are they are obviously they're hanging on to this moon swatch because moon watch because rolex didn't do it you know um and uh (laughs) You know, anything that Rolex didn't do, Omega got, that, uh, got to get in there and give it some. Um, I think it's a very special watch. It's a classic watch. It's it's probably, it has to be the most iconic watch in the history of mankind. Wouldn't
2: you not say? I would think so. I would certainly think so. It might not be, I don't know, maybe it is the most recognisable. Pole the, of the common person on the street, if you were to wave it under their nose, would they know what it is? They go, oh, Tom Hanks wore that in that film. Uh, it's probably what they say. Tom, where does the Omega Speedmaster sit in your um uh rock hard little black heart?
4: Yeah, the Speedmaster is nice. I think I think I've overseen it now a little bit. Yeah. It's almost yeah. it's too classic, it's sort of a it's sort of this sounds really horrible, but it's a bit like white noise now. Ah, oh, that sounds harsh. No, it's it's a fantastic watch, isn't it? You, it's undeniably great. You can't um, you can't knock it. Um, and fair play to um, Omega. You know they're gonna want to milk that little moon teat uh, dry, aren't they? Um, why not? It's a, it's a hell of an accomplishment. Um, but yeah, I it, is it the greatest watch? Maybe. I mean. The moon's pretty good. That's pretty good, isn't it? Wearing it on the moon. I mean, Tony Hawks does some cool stuff, though. Does he wear one? Because that's quite cool as well. So I'm not sure. It's-
2: <laughs> I think that might like, imbalance his ollies, Tom, obviously. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Um, uh, it does. It has been slightly tainted by the fact that they do have an addition for every time that like, Buzz Aldrin wakes up and eats his breakfast. Um, saturation is definitely the thing here and, and you're right Russell every time Rolex says anything Omega leans in and says yeah but did you go to the moon? and everyone's a bit like yeah 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 we know we know it's like the guy who went to Princeton it's like yeah but I went to Princeton so my opinion means more <laughs> so maybe they, maybe it is the, the best watch ever made but Omega has banged that drum so hard they've snapped the skin um, let's move on to another watch then You did say drum, didn't you? I did say drum, yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. Perhaps not the best watch if we'd been talking about this 10 years ago, but right now... Oh, people do love it. I'm talking about the Audemars Piguet Royal Oak. Perhaps saturation might be a factor here, but Tom, those looks, that bracelet, the tickety tocketiness of the entire history of reviving mechanical watchmaking... Do you think that gives it a pretty heavy status uh, in the class of best watch ever made? Yeah, I,
4: I think I think it's definitely worthy of consideration, don't you? Um, it's certainly ticking uh, at least two of my corners of my triangle of truth. You've got the the status, and you've got the yeah. the iconicness. Um, perhaps not the the value, because um, it's quite it's quite dear.
2: If you buy one new, it is worth more. Does that mean good value for those who can oh,
4: get one? Uh, don't talk to me about residuals. Not interested in that. Just want to tell the time. Don't want to tie up my assets in wristwear. wear. Um, but that said, uh, that is, it is, yeah, it's a hell of a, a, a purchase, isn't it? And yeah, it's just so iconic. That shape, those um, screws on the bezel, that uh, waffle texture
2: dial bolts masquerading as screws but sure
4: yeah whatever they are
2: they're visually
4: interesting uh, if not entirely functional but yeah it's just again it's um, it's sort of a nebulous kind of concept isn't it it's quite hard to quantify what makes it so great we all know about those things but it's still
2: you know hard to define Russell you're a bit of a tool watch guy (laughs) And so um perhaps the Royal Oak might not hold so much esteem for you in in the category of best watch ever made. How do you feel about it?
3: It's, I mean what a
2: bold move it
3: was in 1972, you know, when the quartz when the quartz revolution was coming, you know, the that they made um the the, the big watch brands to say go, you know, we won't embrace quartz. We will make even more expensive watches <laughs> and we will uh, we will we will call it a sports watch. Um, with no water resistance. Um, I I think it's absolutely uh, a phenomenal design. Um, and um, it has been oversaturated lately. I'm not sure why, you know, in the last four years, you know, this... This 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 watch has been around since seventy two. So why is it all concentrated now? Why has Tissot made the move now? You know what I mean. Um, it <laughs> yeah. was done in the seventies as well, but they brought it back again. But yeah, to me, the the, the integrated bracelet look and it's a bit oversaturated. Like like Brian Adams' "Is Robin Hood Song." You know, mm-hmm. when that first came out in the nineties, it oh that's a nice song, isn't it? And then after the eighteenth week of it being number one, it's like get that flipping song out of my ears um uh so yes yeah, bringing me back good memories of uh, robin hood prince of thieves uh but i i really love the watch i absolutely adore it i, I think it's gorgeous um as a tool watch obviously it's not really a tool watch and um but as a thing, as a thing to look at on your wrist, it's it's very special. I mean, waffle dial. I mean, when they did that to start with, they were, what are you doing here? What is this? You know, now it's, you know, there's a waffle on everything now. But um, back then, very special. I think it's up there. Definitely up
2: there. I've always liked the Royal Oak. I, I love the fact that it is just so useless and th- that was the thinking behind it. They went, oh, well, well, we're not exactly going to compete when it comes to technology with all those computers and LED diodes and stuff. So they went, like, let's just make something that looks ridiculous. And I actually think that Richard Meal is the modern version of Odomopigo's Royal Oak. And in 20 or so years' time, people go, do you remember when pre-Richard Meal, when everything was very sedate and the most crazy watch out there was like a Royal Oak offshore? And then post, when everything went bananas... That was a turning point for the idea of conspicuous luxury, because that's what the Royal Oak stood for, wasn't it? Conspicuous luxury. Um, so in 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 one sense, it's kind of vulgar and superficial. And in the other sense, it revived an industry and uh, made these incredible skill sets popular again. And and for that, I doff my cap. I used to own one um, back when they were affordable, sold it back when it was affordable, and now I can't... <laughs> i can't (laughs) afford to get it back again so for that reason i absolutely hate it um we don't seem to have come any closer guys to the best watch ever made so i'm going to throw one more in the ring before i open up the conversation for suggestions the vacheron constantan 57260 pocket watch which is about the size of a small house has fifty-seven complications and was celebrating the two hundred and sixtieth anniversary of Vacheron Constantin. This thing is an absolute beast. You could classify it as the best watch ever made because it literally has the most watchmaking in it. Do you think that's, uh, uh, Tom, a reasonable way to assess this criteria?
4: Yes, that's a di- that's a different kind of best. I would say that's the most. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. <laughs> No, it's not. Everyone gets a medal day. Best, it's um, it it's <laughs> it's the most made watch, isn't it? it's the most watch ever (laughs) (laughs) yeah kind of it's it's almost outside of watches isn't it it's kind of impeccable on the level of engineering and um yeah masterful craftsmanship and and that
2: kind of arena russell this mega pocket watch uh what's your vibe
3: i i feel like this was involved in a a small competition in amongst the watchmakers at that time, you know, it's like, Mm. look what I've done. Look what this, look what I have created this beach ball of a,
4: of a pocket watch. (laughs) Look what we can do with tweezers. Look what I can
3: do. Look (laughs) what I can do with metal and gears. Um, it's a it's 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 a show-off piece isn't it it's a show-off piece back you know it's not a it's not a richard meal it's a richard meal for back in the back in the days when pocket watches are you know (laughs) the thing but um i i think it's amazing i think it's definitely best in again it's best in class isn't it yes yeah best in class purely for the complications it has you know
2: I will read out for you, at random, some of the complications that this watch has. I'm not going to read all 57. Yeah, your favourite
3: ones, you know. (laughs) Uh,
2: Week to view based on the ISO 8601 calendar. I don't know what that meant. The golden number. Seven. It has uh, a night silence feature for the striking. Wow. Mm. Snooze. Sorry, are you bored or are you suggesting it has a snooze feature? (laughs) Bit of both. Uh, and and many others besides um, let's open up the floor then Russell, the best watch ever made. what would you classify under Tom's trifecta of things? um well I,
3: I know it gets talked about a lot but um we have to go back to 1983 boys 1983 um with a with a man with a man called Kiko Ibe. Um, and his tough team at Casio. Um, The story goes, he was given a lovely pocket watch by his daddy and he dropped it on the floor, shattering it to a million pieces, probably that Vacheron Constantin 57 complications just all shattering (laughs) to the floor. And he was so upset that he decided from then on, it would be his mission to create the, the, the most indestructible watch on the planet. Um, And that was the inception of the G-Shock. And I'm talking about two years, 200 prototypes later, the uh, DW5000C was created to the masses. Um, And uh, that watch has spawned millions of pounds Millions of other um, references uh, since then. Um, obviously, it didn't do well to start with. People don't realise this. It wasn't until a reference DW fifty six hundred C, and it was given to the Western market um, with an advert about you know some dude smacking it as a sh- as a hockey puck. Um, intrigue, um, awe uh, was brought in, and uh, 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 from then on, nineteen eighty seven, G Shock just went ooh. Just like that. But that very first one, the DW5000C, which um, uh, uh, came out in the 83, that's got to be one of the most iconic and best watches uh, for uh, recent times,
2: in my view. But it is an iconic watch. Um, We've got to chuck the F91W in there. Uh, Not the first in that series, but the one that everyone's heard of. Um, Value, fame, Functionality. All up the wazoo. Uh, and the G-Shock only goes to uh, improve that further. Tom, best watch ever made? Daytona. I very much disagree with you, but go on. Oh, no, no, let's just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, and I think we will. We'll wrap it up there. On that note, the Rolex Daytona is the best watch ever made if you disagree there is a lovely comment box below where you can expel your feelings in our direction thank you so much russell for joining us and please click all these little linky poos in the description below and we will see you next time also go to watchfinder.com and buy stuff